Welcome to another fun film Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Old Chicago, along with Mrs. Lakeem McGee, which is she. I'm Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny's group again, the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. So make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can get at us via all socials on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please find Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You're ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, that's War on Anchor on those podcast platforms. And make sure you give War Media a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, that War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much, Advance, for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions, do our two-hour extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always get up, get at us on the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I'll give Lakina full power to give you fools to build a beer boot. Bye-bye. Hello, she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can now catch Sports on Chicago. It's now available on Roku TV. That's right. Get with the program and celebrate with the squad. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports photo and download the Sports on Chicago app through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have a few handheld devices hanging around. iPad, iTouch, iPhone, BlackBerry, those are still hanging around. <laughs> Your personal PC, your Chromebook like I'm using right now, just download the Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Trigger flow over the top and go. Boy, a lot of pressure on Fields. He gave it to Evans and Darrington Evans. Without Fields. Fields under pressure, stepping up and throwing, and he's got a receiver in Dante. This one angles in to make it a few weeks. Much better in the second half for Green Bay so far on the defensive end. Now trying to contain Fields, looking for Nikhil Harry. What a catch! Five in the pattern. Five in the pattern for Rodgers. Over the middle for Tunyon and incomplete. He locked his fingers around it. Yep. Now they give to Montgomery and they get a first down. Out near the 40 bat, I swear. Here is Fields. Over the middle on the slant and it's Cole Komet. Second and seven. Fields to Komet. Can't get out of bounds but gets the first down inside the four. Fields. Launches it. He's intercepted. 
All right, those highlights are courtesy of the NFL on Fox as the Chicago Bears go down to the Green Bay Packers by the score of 28 to 19. The Bears are 3 and 10 on the season while the Packers improved their record to 5 and 8. Lakina, as yesterday, I, I, I'll be honest here. Trust me, as I said on, on our show last Friday, I want the Bears to win. I want them to beat the Packers like anybody else. But yesterday, I came. I don't have the energy to muster up to get angry. You know what I mean? Because we know that the Bears are not very good. We know the Packers are not very good. But they, they with that late second quarter touchdown to Christian Watson, who helped me in my fantasy team briefly, uh, it, it was over from there. The Bears defense actually played like an actual NFL defense during the most of that first half. But in the second half, uh, uh, they were gone for not. And on the flip side, Justin Fields did look a little bit better besides uh, outside those two picks. But, Lakina, I'll be honest with you, I can't muster up the courage to get upset. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't do fake emotions on this show. Uh, I, I, I just can't do it. We know they're not very good. They had their chances, but uh, maybe it's something wrong with me. I don't know. You let me know. But I can't muster up the courage to uh, get upset over nothing. I can't. I think you're not the, you're not, I'm sure you're not the only person who feels that wasted. I mean, you know, they had a great start, you know, that early, you know, they went up 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Mm -hmm. You know, Justin Fields like Justin Fields, you know, you had that what's 56 yard, you know, rushing touchdown and, and such, you know, the kind of, you know, got the ball rolling, the crowd was getting into it and, mm -hmm. and such. But, you know, after the second, you know, after the second quarter, you know, the Packers started getting going and, yeah, you know, and Kyra Santos missed an extra point, and uh, that that kind of came back to bite him in the butt as well. Also, too, he missed a key uh, field goal late in the early on in the fourth. But you know, <laughs> you have the Packers score eighteen uh, points in the fourth, and you know that was all she wrote from there. And you know, Christian Watson, you know, this was you know continuing his oh with that that, that touchdown that kind of got the ball rolling, and the, all, he also had a rushing touchdown. Watson, I'm talking about, and also AJ mm -hmm. Dillon had a rushing touchdown as well so look i mean Aaron, yeah aaron Rodgers really didn't do you know didn't do too much aaron Rodgers. you know he was 18 with 3182 yards and a <laughs> touchdown pass but as our, our buddy Vern fairly say y'all saw in the comments on youtube and of course comment on you know facebook youtube and <laughs> also uh twitter as well he said look he still owns the bears <laughs> you know he's like what 26 <laughs> like 26 and like five now again <laughs> you know he's like 26 and five now a bears and i guess the bears including the playoffs there's also uh this stat that uh shout out to the guys that have uh, fox for bringing this up um that gives them you know the pack of the seven 787 edge 787 780 this is the first time since 1921 that the bears not own at least a, a share of the all-time wins at this point. So longest Robert NFL and the bears, you know, are still owned by Aaron Rodgers. He said, bye-bye. And we'll see, we'll see if that's going to be the last time we actually see him in solar field. But yeah, he said, bye-bye. And you know, yeah. it, it, it just, uh, yeah, it was just terrible. And look, fields is credit. He tried to play. He actually looked good for a little bit, but then you saw, you know, some of the things that, you know, some of the stuff that you, know, you really didn't like, you know, too much. He you know, threw two interceptions. He wasn't sacked, thank goodness. But, you know, Jerry mm -hmm. Alexander was the kind of like the, you know, the, the game, the game clincher there. So it is what it is. <laughs> Shout out to our guy, uh, Money Earning Mount Vernon once again. Vernon Fairley says, Bears fans, if they continue this trend in a few years from now, it may be time to let this franchise go. We'll see what happens with that. Probably in a few years, they'll 
moved to Arlington Heights, but we'll get into that part another time. But regarding the game yesterday, you mentioned Joseph Hills did look good in some spots. He actually threw like a quarterback, as we said on the show, Lakina, and I'll continue to say it again. Yes, it's great when he runs, but he also throw too. We saw that at Ohio State, and we've seen that at times uh, throughout uh, his short Chicago Bears career. And we saw it again yesterday. Yes, we like when he runs, he creates – he creates first downs uh, to keep drives alive, but he can he can throw too. He's not old school Michael Vick when he well, he was looking to one or two targets that he decided to take out because he wanted to do his own thing. Joseph Fields can play the positions, folks. He's not a running quarterback, so people think that uh, he cannot play the position. Uh, that, that's nonsense. And Jace Claypool, uh, uh, you would think he would start to see a little bit more of the targets yesterday. He did lose a fumble, but outside of that, Equan St. Brown. Uh, was the leader uh, in the re receiving yards with 85. So that was encouraging to see. But uh, you still like to see the ball spread around um, around a little bit more. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing for this, from this Bears team as the season, as we go into the last month of the season. How much more can Justin Fields pick up the defenses quickly and spread that ball around? Cole Komet got a couple of catches, especially in that uh, last drive yesterday. So that was mm -hmm. encouraging to see. You think you almost well, forgot about him in the majority of the game, but – uh, he he came up with six catches overall for 72 yards, so that that's a great great character side in the rushing department. Fields had that nice long touchdown run again. Like you say, it was great that he wasn't sacked. So that that's a small improvement. You like to mm -hmm. see that. But David Montgomery had 61 yards, which was second on the team. So the offense wasn't really the problem, Lakina, uh, outside of those two picks. But that defense once again, Lakina, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, I think the only thing I was surprised was up until. Uh, that that touchdown from Watson to end the first half. Yeah, they, that, they that, kept the Packers off the scoreboard in terms of touchdowns. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did make plays. You know, for a, for a little while. You know, you know, Jack Sanborn. I know people people are very high on him. You know, I know uh, Jalen Jones had a couple of key you know tackles as well. But they didn't sack Aaron Rodgers not once. As our buddy Dave Watson uh, would say, you know, his, his jersey was too from a uh, CHGO uh, Bulls. We will get to the Bulls in a second, but his jersey was too clean. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. So yes, no some, sacks from the Spurs defense. Yeah, there were no, there were no like you know, you know, yeah, yeah. Rodgers didn't really help himself, you know, with some of those throws. Some of those throws were very mm -hmm. iffy at times, but you know, he settled in and you know what that 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 touchdown I think was really kind of what you know opened the floodgates for Green Bay, if you will. And I, I think, unfortunately, you saw us on the bad habits, you know wide open guys and, and such. So you know, Randall Cobb has some uh big you know big you know uh, play to keep the, the chains moving. Alan Lazard you know did his thing so you know AJ Dillon as well. So it really wasn't yeah yeah the yeah the Bears defense unfortunately showed you know their true colors unfortunately and they cop cop had a couple of key drops I should say but it was you know it was Alan Lazard of course you know Christian Watson and AJ mm -hmm. Dillon so those were those were the guys that kind of kept you know the, the drives going for the the Packers once Aaron Rodgers sort of settled in so uh, uh, yeah I mean there's really nothing more you can say I mean with some of your top defensive guys you know either trade or done for the year with because of injuries this is what you're gonna be seeing for the rest of the season for the Bears defense. You have any questions or comments regarding the yesterday's loss for the Bears to the Green Bay Packers 28-19 on the lakefront at Soldier Field? You can hit us up in the comment section on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Just a couple of the nuggets, Lakina, before we break for the bottom of the hour and return to recap the rest of the action from yesterday. Because there was some action on and off the field from yesterday from the rest of the league. We'll get to that on the other side. But I was encouraged by Velas Jones Jr., the rookie wide right receiver out of 
Tennessee. He had four returns for 112 yards total with the long the long return early in the game for 42 yards. So it looks like head coach Matt Eberflus is, uh, is starting to trust him a little bit more. I know he was uh, deactivated for a few games early in the season, but it looks like he's starting to gain the head coach of the uh, gain the trust of the uh, head coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know that's probably what you want to see, right? You want to see you know you know him getting better and better. Right? So I'm hoping this is encouraged so i'm hoping he kind of be sort of like that that key you know one of the key guys at the very least that Fields mm-hmm. can depend on but you know we'll see what happens but uh yeah look i don't want to talk about this game too much today I'll, I'll be honest I, I had the game in the background i was watching thankfully they had jets and vikings you know opposite you know here so i just kind of turned into that and I <laughs> turned into some of the other games that are you know on the computer here so you know mm-hmm. i know we're up against it so we'll just take a break after and then we'll do the rest of the league but mm-hmm. i think for me you know as far as the bears i mean look this is look they're they're on, they're on by so that's a good thing you don't have to worry we don't have to worry about watching the bears game on sunday or <laughs> yay thank god I, yay. I, I'm, I'm i'm over that so let's just I, i'm one of those folks that you know let's just get to the end of this season let's just get to these last you know five weeks mm-hmm. and just just get to the end of this season because you know i'm i'm look I'm at that point where I'm kind of like Alex, where Alex Brown said on the, uh, the Bears postgame uh, show on ABC Sports Chicago, just in the rest of the season, you're not going to gain anything. You don't, you know, yes, he looked good, but there's a reason why he didn't run too much in the second half. I'm just saying. Yeah. And Lakina, we'll do you a favor and we'll send this to Bray just a little bit early so you can cool off because there was some other action from around the league yesterday. We'll recap the rest of the week 13 action from the National Football League and we'll give you our studs and duds and we'll give you a quick preview of tonight's Monday night football contest. So that and a whole lot more as you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? 
For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color for a Monday edition. We're we're kicking it right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can get at us via the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments sections. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Now let's recap the rest of the uh, Week 13 action from yesterday in the National Football League. We'll start off in Hotlanta, where the, where the Atlanta Falcons now drop their record to 5-8 and eight overall after losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers by the score of 19-16. Kenny Pickett for the Steelers, 16-28, 197 yards and a touchdown. Nikhil, uh, sorry, uh, Najee Harris, I should say, uh, ran the ball 17 times for 86 yards for Pittsburgh. And Drake London, the rookie wide receiver for Atlanta, six catches, 95 yards. Yeah, uh, this was actually a, a well. I mean, look, the Steelers were up big. You know, the you know the, the Falcons tried to you know, get back, but a key interception mm-hmm. from Marcus Mariota that kind of still you know did it for him with them for the Val- Falcons. Shout out to our girl Christine Manica, who was the only one. She's the only one that she's the only one that picked the uh, the, the Steelers in this game. So you mm-hmm. know, she was right. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of get things going. I'm talking about Atlanta. I mean, they they got it together a little bit late, but it just it wasn't enough. The Steelers. Had, did just enough to win this game. Next, let's go to Motown, where the Detroit Lions have proved their record to five and seven after a 40 to 14 thrashing of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got this game wrong too. Jared Goff for the Lions was 31 to 41, 340 yards and two touchdowns. DeAndre Swift ran the ball for the Lions 14 times for 62 yards and a score. Amon St. Brown for the Lions 11 catches, 114 yards and two touchdowns. Well, this is why I always say uh, the Jags. I know we didn't know which Jags team we were going to get. Uh, they, you know, again, they had a rough start. They tried to get going again, but they just couldn't do it. So, uh, unfortunately, I know uh, Trevor Lawrence got a little bit banged up, so he had to go mm-hmm. away for a little bit at the beginning of the third quarter. But you know, look, the Lions, you know, to their credit, look, they jumped on them early. And they jumped on them and didn't really look back. So, 
you know, the defense, you know, did their thing. Uh, you know, golf didn't make any mistakes. Uh, Swift and Jamal Williams each had a touchdown. So it, it was just one of those, you know, games. Look, you know, Detroit's five and seven. Then don't don't look now, folks. But they're in the top. They're in the hunt for one of those wild card spots. I'll throw this question out there to Lions fans and Bears fans in particular. Even though the Lions are improving, they have two more wins than the Bears. Which future is brighter on paper, Detroit's future or the Bears' future? The reason why I ask that question is because the Lions have two first-round picks this year. One of them was from the Matthew Stafford trade from last year. Of course, the Rams will get to them in a couple of minutes. But the Rams should lose out. The Rams are tanking not for themselves. They're tanking for the Lions. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> if you're the Lions, it looks great on paper. If they up the management knows what to do with the picks. Well, yeah, so they got, they got some new you know guys over there now. There's new people over there now, so I don't think that will be a big big problem there but yeah i mean i i don't know i mean like i said we got to wait and see because mm-hmm. look the other bears got some draft capital but they need more they've got money in mm-hmm. the cap but we know that uh polls is not gonna you know spend it all so just gotta wait and see we'll see during the off season okay to the twin cities we head towards next where the minnesota vikings improved their record to 10 and 2 after holding on to a 27 22 win over the new york jets mike white for the Met uh, the for the Jets was 51 of 31 and 57, 369 yards, but he threw two bad interceptions. Uh, Mr. Zonovan Knight for the Jets ran the ball 15 times for 90 yards, and Garrett Wilson had eight catches for 162 yards. Justice Jefferson had the uh, virtual go ahead touchdown to start the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I think that's what ended up, you know, that ended up being like the key there because, you know, the Jets, you know, they, you know, tried to catch up. I mean, you know, they were up 10, mm-hmm. you know, they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, you know, two very bad interceptions by, uh, by White, you know, especially near the end of that. And that was sort of like the, that sealed it for them. And look, the Jets had their shots. I mean, look, the Vikings were really, you know, stopped, you know, advancing the, uh, the balls, especially late in that fourth quarter. So the Jets have mm-hmm. more than their enough chances to you know, try to win it. But those are receptions by Mike White just, you know, sealed it. And uh, sh- shout out to Cameron Bynum. I think that's just like just a second reception, I-, I believe. Or I think that was his first reception of his career. So that sealed it for them. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. It was it got, it got interesting late. But uh, mm-hmm. the Jets, unfortunately, you know, became the Jets. And that ended up sealing it for them. Also, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings had a rushing touchdown there in there as well. And a shout out to our good colleague and friend of Second City Sports, Miss Dawn Mitchell of Fox mm-hmm. 9 in the Twin Cities. She had a birthday over the weekend. So happy birthday, belated birthday to her. So yeah. she does a great job covering the Vikings for, for Fox 9 in, uh, in the Fox Sports family at large. So happy belated birthday to her. Yes, yes. Next. Yes. Next, let's go to MetLife Stadium. For the first time since 1997, the Gus Ferrack. A headbutt game. The New York Giants and the Washington Commanders ended up tying each other at 20. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Uh, uh, Taylor Heineke for the Commanders, 27 to 41, 275 yards and two touchdown passes. Uh, Mr. Robinson, aka Mr. Brian Robinson Jr. for the Commanders, 21 carries for 96 yards. And Terry McLaurin, eight catches, 105 yards in the game tying touchdown in the fourth quarter. Lakina, I did watch the, the remainder of this game via this computer screen. The mm-hmm. Giants, that that you thought they had, they took control of this game from. Uh, you felt mm-hmm. like they had control of this game to many parts of it, especially mm-hmm. late in that second half. But they just couldn't hold the lead, and which led to led to the historic tie. Lakina, 
as has uh, um, like many people on question the New York Giants, their schedule is tough to end the season. Can they make the playoffs? Sure, but it's going to be tough. These two teams play again in a couple of weeks, yep. but you can blow leads just like that. I know officially goes down as a tie, but if you're a Giants player, that had to feel like a loss. It, it really did. I mean, like you said, I mean, going to the fourth quarter, the Giants had control, but you know, t- you know, Heineke and the rest of the Camaros were able to go down the field. Of course, McLaren with that, you know, Probably they used worth that big money with that uh, big touchdown catch. It 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 kind of felt like, especially after they exchanged possessions, no one wanted to win this game. Like they, you know, <laughs> the, you know Joe's were passing the ball. You know, you don't know where you know I don't know where, where he was passing the ball at. You know the the running backs. I know uh, Sikon Barker felt like you know he was slowing down a little bit. So mm-hmm. it, it was it was just one of those things where it kind of felt like nobody wanted to win this game. It kind of like, it was sort of like a weird chess match. Yeah, especially when it got tied, especially when it forced to overtime, you really didn't mm-hmm. know what was going to happen. And the Giants, it felt like, you know, they didn't want to win it. And I know uh, the commanders, you know, I know uh, Jones got sacked and, you know, mm-hmm. everything else. And, you know, and then Heineke got sacked, you know, a couple of times during that four, during the overtime. So it really felt like nobody wanted to win this game, it seems. So, you know, we'll see if a tie could it actually help one of these teams, you know, when it comes to wild cards and tiebreakers, sure, but it could also not help them. So, well, how's how's that work for us? You know, for our stats because we, you know, I I think uh, what I think Christine picked the Giants and we picked the uh, Commanders. Commanders, yep. So, so, so I think we'll probably just end up in a tie. <laughs> a bit of a tie or something. How's yeah, that work? yeah. I, don't know. I think it'd be fair to just end up in a tie. <laughs> up the East Coast, we go next to Philadelphia, where the Eagles dominated the Tennessee Titans, thirty-five to ten. Jalen Hurts, 29-39 for 380 yards and three touchdowns for the Eagles. Ryan Tannehill was your leading rusher for Tennessee. Who the, we'll, we'll tell you why in just a minute. He, he had three carries for 34 yards. But A.J. Brown, in his revenge game, ever since he was traded from Tennessee mm-hmm. to Philadelphia during the draft last year, uh, he was, he had eight catches for 119 yards and two touchdowns. Lakina, I did watch most of the first half uh, in this entirety live via this computer screen. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles look dominant, and mm-hmm. I was mostly very disappointed in the Titans. Uh, usually, we know they're not a dominating defense, but they're op- opportunistic defense. Uh, the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles didn't have a strong running game yesterday, but uh, they didn't get to Jalen Hurts uh, aggressively enough for me, and uh, their secondary was just shot yesterday, and Philadelphia did whatever they wanted. Yes, you know, on the plus side for the Philadelphia defense, they did sack, you know, Tannehill six times. Now they did, you know, the, the Titans team did get to Hurts, but it really didn't mean much after that, but after the mm-hmm. fact. And uh, it's interesting that you said that about uh, the Eagles having 350 uh, passing yards. They also had 350 rushing yards last week. They became just a third team mm-hmm. since yards for a first track all the way back in 1933 to record 350 rush yards one week and then 350 plus passing yards the next week. So, or, or vice versa. So, uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it was a dominant performance. And I just, I, it, it was just like, it, it felt like, you know, what was the effort there? I mean, they did, you know, look, to their credit, though, they did score in that, their opening drive, but they really didn't, couldn't do too much to talk about the offense. They really couldn't do too much after that. So, you know, they, they stopped, you know, letting, you know, Henry, you know, rush the ball because they were stopping him. And Tannehill mm-hmm. ended, ended up carrying the ball a couple of times, which, you know, you're like, what, 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 what's going on here? But, yeah, but look, I think the Eagles are showing you why they have the best record in the NFL. Yeah, so the Eagles are now 11 and 1 overall. The Titans dropped their record to 7 and 5. Excuse me. Uh, down the East Coast, we go next to Baltimore, Maryland, where the Baltimore Ravens uh, had a comeback of ugly epic 
proportions, if you can say that five times fast, of epic proportions as they defeated the Denver Broncos 10 to 9. Tyler Hunley uh, scored the game winning touchdown. That's right. I said it. Tyler Hunley scored the game winning touchdown in the fourth quarter with less than 30 seconds left to go. Uh, Lamar Jackson went out of this game uh, early with an apparent injury. We'll see what his status is um, for this upcoming weekend going forward. Baltimore needs him in a desperate, uh, in desperate, in a desperate way. You saw what happened last year when he was injured for the majority of the season. The Ravens did not even have a shot at the playoffs. But back to this game, Russell Wilson, 17 of 22, 189 yards. Uh, you worry about him. Latavius Murray for Denver, 17 carries, 47 yards. And Lakina, I didn't even turn to this game. I just saw the highlights. It was ugly from the word go. But Baltimore improves that record to eight and four. Broncos three and nine. Baltimore just found a way to win an ugly football game. Well, and I think this is sort of this is what you know didn't help them last year was that they were losing these ugly games. And Hundley, Hundley's got a little bit of experience now, so I think he, mm -hmm. you know, he let them down the field and such. You know, once he was able to, once he was brought in. So you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, especially with. You know, we've heard like different, you know, it could he could be out. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. He could be out maybe a week or two, but then he could only be out for like maybe a few days, could be playing this week. So no one really knows mm -hmm. at this point about that that knee injury, but it's not it's nothing really serious or anything like that. So, you know, that if you're a Baltimore fan, you'll take that as good as good news. But you know, the the, the Broncos had their 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 chances to uh, to seal this game too. They they were up, you know, ten to nine and look, you know, Honey to his credit was able to uh, you know take the, the the Ravens down the field and score that mm -hmm. touchdown and but the defense, you know, you know, did what they had to do. So, you know, after giving up a couple of plays early, they kind of, you know, tamed uh, the Broncos. You know, the Broncos, unfortunately, another win where – another game where they could have won, but, you know, their mm -hmm. uh, offensive ineptness uh, kept them out. You think you'll watch the final game, so the head coaching career of Nathan Hackett, but we'll, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens with that. In the last of the early games, thank goodness there were no protests inside or outside the stadium. The fans were well-behaved. Oh, I'm talking about Mr. Deshaun Watson, who made his season debut in almost two years in the Cleveland Browns uniform. He signed autographs for certain uh, Browns fans before the game. But the, uh, even though there was a lot of empty seats, the fans were pretty well behaved where I could tell. I did watch the beginning of this game via this computer screen as the Cleveland Browns win an ugly affair over to Houston, Texas, 27-14. Kyle Allen for Houston, 20-39 for 201 yards and a touchdown pass. Nick Chubb for the Browns, 17 carries for 80 yards. And for... Houston's Chris Moore, he had three catches for 46 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a punt return for a touchdown there, which broke the game wide open for Cleveland. Cle Cleveland's defense brought it yesterday. Deshaun Watson, as expected, didn't have great numbers, but as I said, the defense and the special teams helped carry the day for the Browns. It yeah, it re they really didn't need him to do too much, you know. As he's like you said, I mean, it was definitely you know the defense, especially Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles My Garrett, you know, once again, you know, showing you why he's a Pro Bowler. So I I'm not. You know, we'll, we'll give a shout out to the broadcast because I know our, of course, our buddy Spiro Adidas and yeah. uh, Jay Feely and uh, Adidas. I can't say her last name. I'm so sorry, <laughs> sweetie. But, uh, you know, they did a really nice job, you know, keeping everything balanced. They did talk about the Watson uh, situation early on, but they really didn't do too much of it after that. Mm -hmm. But he was like, well, like you said, he wasn't really a factor. I mean, like I said, that Peoples Jones, uh, you know, return for a TD you know, was really sort of like the game, the backbreaker. And to the Texans credit, they kept it close for a little bit, they had a safety. But they just mm -hmm. didn't really just they, they they just really didn't have enough. So yeah, you know, the Browns were able to kind of you know come out and win that game. Yeah, I know all of us, including Christine, we all had Houston. They were in it for a while, but. 
They just don't have the offensive talent outside of rookie running back Damian Pierce to keep up. I know Brandon Cooks, their veteran wide receiver, was out yesterday, but still, Houston didn't have enough offensively to keep up. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color on a Monday edition right here on Sports Hill Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina as we continue to re- recap the Week 13 action from the National Football League from yesterday. Lakina, let's get into the late game. So we'll start off in Los Angeles where the Seattle Seahawks uh, received a late game winning touchdown from. DK Metcalf as the Seattle Seahawks defeated the LA Rams 27 to 23. Geno Smith 28 to 39 for 367 yards and three touchdown passes. Cam Angers for the Rams 17 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns. And Tyler Lockett nine catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was actually a pretty entertaining game. I actually kept this game in the background. I mean, the Rams, you know, you know, came out, you know, swinging and came out early, but, you know, the Seahawks, you know, once they settled in and, you know, they were able to go down the field with the Metcalf TD in, I think it was about what, 45 seconds left or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that, that sealed the, uh, the win there. Also, too, Tariq Wooden had another interception. It's a sixth of the season, bringing a tie with Earl Thomas and Michael Bulwire, who, Bull, Bulwire, I should say, who did in 2010, 2004, respectively, for the most picks by a Seattle rookie in the team history. So he's now tied with uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson for the NFL League in interception. So that that helped, you know, kind of, you know, get, you know, kept the, the Seahawks in it and they were able to come back and win that, win this game. We'll get to the Rams in a second. So with injuries and then such, you know, Stafford was out, Aaron Donald missed, mm-hmm. I think, just the second game of his career. So, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to them in a second. But, yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's, yeah, I, I don't want to say they should tank, but maybe they should. But yeah, we talked about it earlier with the because they had the line one of the picks is a, a picks from the Lions because the Safford mm-hmm. trade. But you know, yeah. But the Seahawks are still right right in the grass of the uh, those uh, wild card mm-hmm. spot in the playoffs at seven and five. Yeah, the Rams dropped their record to three and nine. I will say this about the Rams before we move on. Uh, at least they have not quite. You had to give Sean McVay credit for for that. The Rams have not quite. We know the season's over. They're not going to the playoffs. Uh, I think they'll be the first defending Super Bowl champions in the first ever or the first in a long time not to even make the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl the year before. So at least the Rams uh, players uh, who are who are dressing up, they have not quit. So uh, that's at least a, is a good encouraging sign. Let's go up the coast to San Francisco where the 49ers lose their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, to a, a now season-ending foot injury. But – they they held on to a 33 to 17 win over the Miami Dolphins to a tongue of a lover. 18 to 33 for 295 yards and two touchdowns for the Dolphins. Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers had 17 carries for 66 yards. Tyreek Hill, nine catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. Dre Greenlaw's a scoop and score uh, pays off for the 49ers defense late. Yeah, and uh, I saw that play where uh, Jimmy G got hurt, and you know, it was just a simple tackle. And you know, I think he popped you know, popped you know, a couple of fractions in his foot, so that's why he's done for the year. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy, who was Mister Irrelevant, Irrelevant in last spring's draft, had a couple of touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, we'll get to because there's a certain QB that's now on the market that you know the Forty Nineers could be picking up, you know, but we'll see. But we'll get to, get to that in a second. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the defense was really kind of like the story there for. The uh, for the 49ers, they were able to kind of did just enough to win. You know, the Dolphins did keep it close for a little bit, but you know, they did just enough to make enough like big plays late. So, uh, the 49ers go to eight and go to eight and four. So, they're leading the division right now. But you know, look with Jimmy G out, of course, you know, some breaking news. You know, earlier this morning, uh, Baker Mayfield has been released by the Panthers. So, you wonder, could they be maybe the NFL? So, could they perhaps maybe try to pick him up? But, you know, 
Uh, uh, real quick, I heard Lewis Riddick on SportsCenter this, early this morning. He said that it wouldn't be a good idea because of the system that the 49ers run. If you're going to pick him up, you pick him up for insurance. Uh, uh, do the 49ers owe him a, vis- uh, owe him a, a call? Maybe. They really don't, they don't owe him, owe him anything, but uh, this should at least uh, 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 put in a bid for him for that. I'm not saying he's going to save the 49ers, but it, if you want to look at it, cool, but I don't think they desperately need him, if you know what I'm saying. So I, I kind of see where Lewis was coming from with that, but, but like you said, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens uh, there. Does he get picked up, or do the foreigners even pick up, or do they, you know, they picked up? You know, I know they signed uh, Josh Johnson from the uh, the practice squad, who's a veteran QB. Yeah, they got Purdy, mm-hmm. so we'll see. I don't think they really need another quarterback, but yeah, I know you know some mm-hmm. people have said that they should, but who knows? But yeah, it'll be interesting to look out for now. Probably one of the games of the, the, the well, actually, you know what? Let's do this one: uh, the Raiders and the and the Chargers. Uh, and uh, we we didn't pick the the Raiders again, and of course they won again this time. Twenty-seven twenty. I think Christine uh, is pulling her hair out right now. <laughs> yeah, Derek Carr had three touchdowns. You know, passed two hundred fifty yards. Just say had three touchdowns. Of course, about the Az had another two touchdowns. Um, you know, of course, you know for the Chargers. Of course, you know they had another chance that you know perhaps may win the game, but they couldn't do it. So, you know, yeah. What do you think about this? What do you think about this game, Sid? I saw some of this yesterday. I was flipping back and forth between this game and the Chiefs and Bengals. We'll get to that game in just a moment. But Justin Herbert completed a fourth and 12 pass to mm-hmm. Keenan Allen for a touchdown. You're thinking, okay, the Chargers are starting to get back into it. But they couldn't stop the run yesterday. They didn't get Derek Carr on the ground uh, uh, enough. And Josh Jacobs uh, did his thing again yesterday, 26 carries for 144 yards and a touchdown for the Raiders. I know the Raiders are 5-7, and seven, the Chargers are 6-6, six and six, the Chargers on the borderline on the outside looking in, but uh, if you're the Raiders, uh, I'm not saying they're going to make this miracle run to go to the playoffs, but you like the way mm-hmm. they're playing right now. If you're a Raiders fan, you ask it, where was this early in the season? You could have stolen a couple wins. You perhaps would be tied with the Jets for that last wildcard spot right now. Yes, you yes, it could have been. I'm sure you're kidding, you're, kidding, you're kidding yourselves right now if you're a Raiders fan. I mean, they're, you know, they go to five and seven, you know, the Chargers fall to the six and six. And six. This could, this win could be the tiebreaker for the Raiders, you know, should it come down to between these two teams for the last wild card spot. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I, I think, like you said, so they, I'm sure Raiders fans are probably kicking themselves saying, where was this early in the season? You know, they had a couple of chances, perhaps maybe steal a couple of those victories. You probably would be right up there with the Chiefs, you know, as mm-hmm. we speak, you know, for the AFC West. So, but I guess better late than never. So we'll see what happens after that. Now, probably the game of the, of the week. You have the Chiefs uh, you know, and the Bengals. The Bengals, once again, uh, being the Chiefs for the third straight time, 27-24. Joe Burrow had two touchdown passes, 286 yards. Samadre P. Ryan, 106 y- rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the loser side, of course, you know, Mahomes had 223 uh, passing yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, it was, really, it was the defense. The defense, you know, the Chiefs defense, unfortunately – and I heard the guy said I get up this morning. The Chiefs' defense is really going to be the thing that kind of hinders them from going to the promised land. Yeah, and they have a minus four four turnover ratio so far uh, this season. And so we, we talked about that Chiefs' defense last year, Lakina. Uh, it, it was nice until the playoffs, especially in that second half with the Andy Reid and the Chiefs' coaching staff did not make any adjustments. Cincinnati did, and that's why they ended up winning that game in overtime in last year's title game. But as far as yesterday is concerned. 
Cincinnati is, ex is expected to get out to a hot start. The Chiefs uh, made their comeback. Patrick Mahomes, did you see that Michael Jordan pose? Yeah. Almost a Heisman Trophy. Uh, Jordan pose into the end zone. I thought there was a chance that he might have fumbled as he was going into the end zone, but uh, the replay saw it differently and saw that touchdown counted. But you mentioned Sammy P. Ryan yesterday. Uh, he was the difference maker for the Cincinnati Bengals in the, in the running game. Joe Burrow didn't make any mistakes. The offensive line was actually okay. Protected Joe Burrow from us. Joe Burrow had three total touchdowns on the day, two passing, one rushing. But Cincinnati earned that victory yesterday. As we told you guys, the Chiefs, they're in trouble. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you were watching the game closely yesterday because if it comes down to the Bills and Chiefs again, you would like to have that game at home for the AFC mm -hmm. Championship game. Yeah, as of, as of right now, they actually, uh, you know, but – they're 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 kind of in the last column, so that should help them a little bit. And of course, mm -hmm. you know they. I'm sure if you're Buffalo, you're sending uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals a lot of wings, uh, Buffalo wings right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that that help that definitely helps uh, the 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 bang the Bengals. You know, not only helps them, but because they're right there, because they got they got you know, they're right there behind uh, the Ravens in the AFC North. But you also have you know the wild card spots. Well, if you're the you're the you're the Bills, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, the top seed, especially. So uh, this should be interesting there to see what happens, especially the rest of uh, the season. And look, they, you know, look, the Bengals have the Bengals, the Bills, I should say, have a tougher schedule than the Chiefs do. So, you know, that 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 loss, you know, by the Chiefs, you know, against the against the Bengals could probably loom large there. Now, going to City that real quick, fifty four nineteen. I know they score uh, the Cowboys over the Colts. They scored thirty three points in the fourth. <laughs> They're only up two. What happened? Like I looked up, I said, "Oh, you know, the Colts might have a shot." Okay, uh, <laughs> no, they dropped thirty-three in the fourth quarter, tied for the second most points in any team by any team, you know, in the fourth of any game in NFL history. The old seven Lions put four in the fourth against the Bears. You guys remember that one? And of course, <laughs> the nineteen twenty-five Chicago Cardinals scored thirty-three against the then Milwaukee Badgers. Don't know. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you're going to match nineteen twenty-five. But yeah, so. Well, what what happened? I mean, I guess the I guess the the Col I guess the Cowboys you know flipped the switch. I guess in the fourth. Yeah, shout out to uh, our guy Tony Gill from NBC Sports Chicago and Lawrence Holmes podcast, the Sports Association, and he basically beat me in our first round of the playoffs yesterday. He had the Dallas defense, he had the 49ers defense. They gave me twenty points, but the Dallas defense in the fourth quarter actually decided to show up, and that's what happened. But enough about my fantasy stuff. But the Dallas defense decided to show up in the fourth quarter. You mentioned Lakeen Nielsen. Back and forth affair. The Dallas Cowboys offense, we know they, they predicate their offense of running the football. I know Tony Pollard got in a late touchdown on that 30-yard run. But that press guy, you don't want him to carry this team. But he had some decent stats yesterday. He had an early turn turnover, but he overcame it. My guy, CeeDee Lamb, had a touchdown catch. Uh, thank goodness. But uh, it was all about that defense of the fourth quarter, just putting a, a hammer down on a, a lesser opponent. Right, yeah, because you know the Colts, you know they they came back. Like I said, guy within two, but you know they came into gear. So you know the defense, you know stepped up, you know stopping the Colts, mm -hmm. and I, I guess you know the offense just you know woke up. I guess so. Interesting though the result of that game. So uh, okay, said real quick, you know your studs and does for week thirteen. Uh, my studs first. My first stud would be Terry McLaurin for the Washington Commanders. Eight catches for 105 yards in that game, tying touchdown as the Commanders Giants ended up in the tie. AJ Brown for Philadelphia, my second stud next next for Philadelphia, eight catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns as the Eagles destroy the Titans. And my third stud will be the 
The Seattle Seahawks starting quarterback Geno Smith, 28 to 39, 367 yards and three touchdown passes as Seattle comes from behind to beat the Rams 27-23. Oh, good. Some good ones there. Uh, I'll get I'll give it to Joe Burrow, who is you know, first three games against the Chiefs. You know, he's three and oh, three have averaging 327 uh yards passing, nine total touchdowns, and only one interception. I think he's only been sacked like twice. So, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 you know, at least for right now, uh, the Burrow has the uh, the Chiefs number. So, that that he's been you know, going through that Chiefs defense like a butter knife. So, you know, that you know, <laughs> I'll give him one of my uh studs uh i'll give a stud to Tariq woolen from uh like i said for uh for his league leading well tie for the league league i should say uh with with cj gunner johnson uh for ints you know of course it was his interception that kind of helped you know, got the comeback going for the seahawks so gonna give him a stud uh a stud you know i'll give it to the packers defense i mean you know keep up with the defensive thing because you know that they, they came back you know once they gave us some big plays they settled down they got the, you know, the, the late interceptions by fields and you know, they were able to kind of set Aaron Rodgers in the offense up to win the game against the Bears. All right. Our three duds. I'll start off with mine, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York football Giants, and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'll say the Denver Broncos, mainly because, you know, they couldn't, you know, they had their shots to Good one. The, shots, uh, the, the pull off the upset in Baltimore against the Ravens, especially with Lamar Jackson getting banged up. They couldn't do it. You know, of course, I'm sure. We'll be saying bye-bye to Nathaniel Hackett, you know, at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say the Rams. I hate to be up, on, be, be up on them, but with that loss to the Seahawks, they dropped the 3-9. That's the worst 12-game start by defending Super Bowl champion in NFL history. They're actually the first team since the 0-3 Bucks to have a losing record after winning the Super Bowl. So that's definitely mm-hmm. the worst record there. You know, look, it's just bad luck. And I'll say the dud, my, you know, my, I'll say, uh, the, the Jets, I, I think, you know, you had you know, plenty of, Mike White especially, he had plenty of chances to win that game, you know, from the Vikings to steal mm-hmm. that one. You know, interceptions, you know, I think your know, one was dropped. So you, you got to win those types of games. I know I know Mike Greenberg is not very happy right now, of course, as he's recovering <laughs> from, the, from the flu, so get well soon, uh, Greeny. But, uh, yeah, that, that's that, – that, you're going to be kicking yourself if you're a, a Jets fan from that loss. Uh, breaking news from the world of the NFL regarding the scheduling for Saturday, December 17th. We have a flex schedule change. I think all these games will be seen on Saturday, December 17th on the NFL Network. At noon, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Minnesota Vikings. At 3.30, we have Baltimore at Cleveland. And then the nightcap at 7.15, we'll have Miami at Buffalo. So that is your Saturday schedule for Saturday, December 17th in the National Football League. All three of those games can be seen on the NFL Network. Some you know, could be playoff implications with some of those uh, games. Also, mm-hmm. divisional division implications as well with some of them. So yep. definitely uh, games to look out for in the stream if you can. All right, real quick, Sid, as we uh, go into uh, Monday Night Football tonight, you got the Bucks as they host the Saints in the NFC South. And I uh, just saw uh, from Ian Rappaport that Vita Vila and Akeem Hicks will be back for the Bucks. So that should definitely help that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know uh the Saints have had the Bucks number, especially in Tampa, but I, I think you know the, the Saints team just isn't very good this year. So and I think if you're uh Tom Brady, I think if you can try to get you know, try to jump on that Saints defense early. I know that's that's been kind of a problem the last couple of times you played them, especially in Tampa. Mm-hmm. If they can get on them early, I think they should be able to kind of go you know, end this game pretty quick. And if yeah. you're the defense, you know, you got you know, got Hicks and Vita back, so that that should help that defense, you know, give you know, 
Eddie Dalton all the hard time he can and uh, try to slow down that offense. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this though. The Metacast is back. That's all I'll say. Yay. About that. so in case the game gets kind of boring, you, know, you want to have a little bit of entertainment, you know, go along with the, with the game, especially if it you know, is up getting out of control. You can, you can watch the Manning brothers. And a couple of key players to watch out for tonight's game for Tampa Bay, the rookie running back with white. Uh, he did well last week uh, against the Cleveland Browns and he should get some more carries tonight, especially with the injuries to Leonard Fournette. And number two, Chris Godwin, the, the Buccaneers have been using him in the slot. I know Mike Evans has been covered very well these last few games. But mm -hmm. Chris Godwin, look out for him tonight. I should ex you should expect us to have another breakout ga game. Tampa Bay, like you said, used the running game early, which has opened up the passing game for Tom Brady later on in the game to dissect that Saints uh, defense, which has given them problems, as you mentioned in the past. But uh, they've been that Saints defense has been hit and miss so far this year. So if, if you're Tampa Bay, like you said, jump out on them early. And you should be able to get your record to 500, especially with that loss that the Falcons had yesterday. Take control of this bad mm -hmm. <laughs> NFC South. Looks like eight or nine wins will is all it will take to win that division. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So, you, of course, you can check out the game mm -hmm. on ESPN. Also, you got the Manicast on ESPN2. Also, ESPN Deportes is going to be also on ESPN+. Plus. So, yeah, different ways to, uh, to watch this game tonight. So, all right, said so hour number one in the books. Our number two is right ahead. Of course, the Bulls have a, a couple of games they probably should have won. We'll get to that. And then the rest we of got the some things to discuss with that team as well. Ooh, this yeah. could get ugly before it gets better. Dot 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 dot. Of course, also the rest of uh, also to the Lakers have won one again. They're starting to get a little bit of on a roll. Um, also, the rest of the stuff in the NBA, college football set their bowl uh, matchups are set. Also, their playoff matchups. I got something to say about that. Uh, a couple of big moves in uh, baseball to include one that might stun some folks. And, of course, old school TV Monday. So a lot to do still coming up in hour two. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Hour number two coming up right after this. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Many will hear the calling. Few will earn the title. United States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition, real live in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's that's S I D K I D A zero. You can find me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. If you want to, uh, we have less than 50 minutes left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Real Show. If you want to get at, at us via the comments section, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Uh, all right, Sid, we're going to talk some bulls in a second, but you know what? We got to play some of these a little large from uh, yesterday's game against the Kings. Yeah, he was <laughs> him. Bobo got hurt in college. And nice oh, to see him recover. Geez. A little step oh, through. The house. And then the driving kick. Patrick Williams got hit. Oh, no yeah. foul. With the ball. DeRozan. Oh, oh yeah. He's determined to score. He wasn't even looking to pass. I.O. Got That's right nice by Metu. Scoop for Dragic. Derek Jones Jr. Oh, Sriracha. And those highlights were courtesy. Williams slides on by and scoops it in. And, and a foul. And one. Good play. To go over the Bulls and Kings to end the Bulls road trip. DeRozan over Mudd. Got it one. and a foul. Confidence. Yeah, the defender drapes all over him. Oh, what a double dribble there. Ooh, he double dribble. Yeah, he gave up a short three and Williams missed it. Oh, Zach oh, Levine. Big time rebound by Zach Levine. I thought Malik Monk was really the big difference. Well, the Bulls held the Kings to 30% from three. And those highlights were courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, Jason Benani filling in for Adam Amin, along with Stacey King, as the Bulls go down to the Sacramento Kings by the score of 110 to 101. Zach Levine finished with a game high 41 points. DeMar DeRozan added 18. He struggled shooting the ball from the field. You really didn't get anything from your bench, Lakina. I know Malik Monk, as Stacey King mentioned in those clips, he had 20 points off the bench for Sacramento. And I'm going to refer this to the game last Friday at Golden State. The Bulls stayed in into the third quarter where Golden State blew them out and, and the Bulls came back as of late. It was the same scenario in a sense yesterday. that They got off to a, a, a little bit of a better start yesterday, but they lost their way to start the second half. They they came back with a vengeance to start the fourth quarter, but they ran out of gas, Lakino. 
Yeah, they got the yeah, got it down to I think like what like two or something like mm-hmm. that. But then you know Kobe White dribbled the ball off, I guess his like his foot or his ankle or something, and then that kind of you know started the wave there. I think they you know the Canes went on like a seven zero run after that, and you know they were to hold you know, hold off the hold off the Bulls. So you know it was sort of one of those days where you thought that maybe they could have won both of those games. Maybe not not the Warriors necessarily because you know the Warriors. Um, Steph would have done, you know, what Steph thinks, you know, Poole already had like 51 bail by the third quarter. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, re- it really wasn't going to uh, you know, do too much there. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, this, this way to look, the Kings are better. I you know, again, look at that Bulls Twitter. I'm guessing that, you know, you guys don't watch a lot of Kings basketball. This, you know, this team's gotten a lot better. <laughs> they're thir- look, they're 13 and eight. They've got some, you know, solid um, players on that team. Of course, you got Harrison Barnes. So like the old guy on that team, you got, of course, uh, Keegan Murray, of course, the, uh, the rookie from Iowa. Demonte Sabonis, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, De'Aaron Fox, you know, just the you overall know, some really solid. You know, Kevin Herter, I mean, look, a good mix of talent. Um, so you know, the Kings have actually been you know looking pretty good this year. So I know folks want to bitch and moan about, oh well, they can look. They, these are not. This is not the Kings team, you know, from a few years ago. So I think folks need to kind of just chill, chill out on that. Mike Brown, I think, is definitely uh, in the in the running for coach of the year, a very early running, you know, right up there with coach of the year honors. I feel like, but mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, the, the three point for the the Bulls. I mean, that yeah, I mean, they shot thirty six percent, but they were nine for twenty five. That's not going to win you a lot of games and such. You know, just you know, a bad start. And look, you know, Zach had forty one, which is a season high for him, but. No one, there was really no other help out after that. I mean, you know, DeRozan, you know, had his struggles. You know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't attempt a three, you know, so, but they actually, you know, the case, you know, give them credit for getting on him early on. Uh, Vooch was Vooch, you know, he had, you know, 12 points and six boards. Um, you know, Caruso didn't have any points, you know, maybe having Caruso in the line. I know, uh, Billy Dom wants to, you know, experiment with different, you know, guys in the lineup. So maybe Caruso is mm-hmm. probably not the guy to do it, though. You know, he went over, maybe not good. And the bench just wasn't no help. I mean, look, you know, Drogas and Drummond, I know I heard somebody say, well, they seen enough of them. Well, look, if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't have nine wins. You know, these, 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 like half, <laughs> these half those wins you know, are for, are thanks to Dr- uh, Drummond and Drogas. So for anybody that want to say that they've seen enough of them, I mean, like, well, what case have you been watching? But, you know, it is what it is with that. But, uh, look, this team needs a shooter and, and such. Look, yeah, I know they're still, like, they're right outside the – uh the play-in part. I still think the Bulls can, you know, get into a run. They, they're they off until Wednesday when they play Washington. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like this is, you know, look, you know, yeah, they were, yeah, they were, what, two and four in, the, in this road trip. Well, mm-hmm. they probably could have won, you know, one or two more of those games. And you beat Milwaukee. <laughs> Yeah, with Giannis on the floor <laughs> and Utah and Utah as well. So, but yeah, that mm-hmm. Thunder game, that Thunder game, they lost in overtime. That was a tough mm-hmm. one. Um, they they probably could have won that Warriors game, maybe if you know, things you know had you know had been right. You know, the Kings. Mm-hmm. I think I think you know that that dribble off you know Kobe's foot. I think you know had they had not that not happened, I think they would have won this game yesterday. So mm-hmm. it is what it is with a lot with a lot of these games. You're you're gonna have these kind of games throughout the season. So. I know folks want to freak out. Folks want to say tank. Well, folks want to say trade everybody, but it just shows you you guys don't know too much about NBA basketball. Go ahead, Sid. <laughs> I was going to ask you that question since the Bulls are currently nine and 14, five games under 500. I know next week, uh, for the ones who signed free agent contracts, they'll be eligible to be traded. I uh, think that's the rule goal. So around next Wednesday or Thursday, trades can actually uh, take place. Lakina, and there's been a lot of conversations going on, like you mentioned with Bulls Twitter and, uh, and, and, 
few folks of mine via my text chain. Uh, if you're if you're Arturis kind of Chauvis, if you're GM Mark Evans, you got to answer my question. But I want to give uh, give this question out to uh, Bulls fans out there. You can answer our question at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your, your answers in the comments section. Uh, do you, if you're GM Mark Eversley, you're AK, do you consider at least not blowing it up all the way, but blowing it up halfway? Because let's be honest here, it's not, uh, uh, we, uh, the, the news so far for Lonzo Ball is not good, at least from what we hear. Maybe still doing some things behind the scenes we don't know about, but uh, we'll see what happens with Lonzo Ball. He, is he, he tries to make his way back on uh, to the team at the offseason knee surgery, but uh, this is much deeper than thinking that Lonzo Ball's return is going to save your season. Uh, do you trade Vooch now, even though he's looking for a contract extension? Do you trade DeMar, who's a free agent after next year? No. Uh, some no. people say no. that you should should no. trade Zach, even though no. there's some reports that him and no. Billy Donovan still having friction. Uh, who's going to take Zach Levine's contract? I don't see it, so you stuck with him. No. 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 Okay. Look, this is, look, this, look, this is a team that was a one seed last year. You know, COVID and, you know, injury, especially <laughs> Lonzo's injury. So anybody that wants to say they should blow it up or somebody blow it up, I mean, look, they could go on a, on a run. And if they do go on a, you know, I'm not saying that they will, but it could happen. We've seen this happen in the NBA. But look at the Jazz. I mean, they had a nice showing earlier this season. They were like the top, the top seed of the, or second, I think they were like the second seed at the West at the highest at one point. Mm-hmm. Now they're down, to, now they're down to a nine. So a lot can happen. So for anybody that wants to say that, look, I'm not going to say they're going to go into this long, like 10 game winning, winning streak. But if they do, I don't want to hear anybody say that. Oh, well, you know, we were, we were oh, sorry about that. No, don't do it. If you're, look, if you want them to tank, you'll let them do it. But I'm not going to say they should tank. I'm not going to okay. say they should tell my bowl it up. So look, you know, Miami, they've been, you know, getting better. I didn't hear any of uh, Miami Twitter say, Hey, let, let's trade Jimmy or let's, let's trade Kyle Lowry. I haven't heard anybody say that. So for anybody that wants to, you know, do this whole like, hey, let's blow it up, let's semi blow it up, or for for what? Where are you gonna get? You're not, you don't have nothing to give. So I know there was a report that came out about the Lakers had an internal discussions for a Demar or Vooch trade mm-hmm. with with what? You're not gonna trade Anthony Davis. They don't want Russell Westbrook's contract, so just stick to their trade machines and keep them to themselves. That's all I'll say there. <laughs> Let's let's go to the rest of the NBA because my blood pressure is going up, and uh, I, I'm gonna have to uh, gonna have to uh, uh, still, you know tell some Bulls fans to uh, go shove it, and also certain Bulls fans who are pretty famous around here, who are uh, in some of these uh, sports stations to shove it. But I'm not gonna do that. But uh, you know, let's, let's, talk, let's, talk, let's talk about the rest of the NBA for this okay. weekend. So really, uh, really a good, uh, very interesting uh, results. Uh, we'll start with AD's history. We're going with the theme here. Um, a nice show by uh, AD yesterday, yesterday uh, as uh, the Lakers. Lakers are, are kind of starting to be able to pull it together a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, I think, you know, the Lakers are, like I said, they're still, like, well within. They're not even in the play-in right now, but they have gotten mm-hmm. better. They got a 130-119 win over Washington, of course. Uh, 55 points was, I think, has a career high, or is a career high, I believe, for uh, AD. And, uh Look, yo, they're at ten and twelve. I'm talking about the Lakers, though. They look pretty. Mm-hmm. They look. They look. They look a lot better. Yeah. Speaking of former Chicagoans, former Bulls, uh, Daniel Gafford got posterized on the putback done by Anthony Davis mm-hmm. yesterday. So okay, uh, that was a yeah, <laughs> that was a nice moment there. But uh, looks like Anthony Davis is starting to uh, uh, come into form. 
Hopefully he stays healthy. That's been his problem throughout his mm -hmm. whole career, especially since putting on the Lakers uniform. So let's see if they could uh, keep that turnaround for the Lakers in their trend going up. LeBron James, he's still on the team. Uh, you know, he's going, he's going after that scoring record from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Russell Westbrook is starting to play better uh, off the bench. Uh, Austin Reeves, that second-year guy, he's starting to play well right now. Lonnie Walker, he's still that starting point guard. Uh, he's still contributing, uh, the former San Antonio Spurs. And Patrick Barely, when he gets back from the suspension, we'll see if he continues to bring, bring that defensive edge and that presses to that team, which they were so lacking last year. So, uh, could, if they say healthy, could the Lakers be maybe a little bit better than what people think? Sure, but right now I only see them to do this for a couple more weeks and uh, and put a, a nice winning streak together, go on on a, on a nice stretch. If they could do that for the rest of this month, I think they'll be okay. But it's still a long way to go in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I think, like you said, I think you know this could be if they can sustain it, which is probably gonna be hard to do because uh, some of them are up there in age. So this could yeah. be this is this might you know kind of look looks like Darwin Ham is starting Darwin Ham is starting to figure things out, which I think that's what you want to see. So maybe mm -hmm. this is probably could be a start or something. But you know, look, we'll see what happens uh, there. Phoenix, you know, uh, easily uh, beat the, the Spurs one thirty three ninety four. Five, um, These are results um, from Sunday for those of you who listen back on our yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Yo, this is from <laughs> yesterday. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to make sure we tell folks that. Uh, you know, 20 points for Devin Booker, uh, 25 points for DeAndre Aiden leading the way. They also had, he also had 10 rebounds. You, know, you got to think that the Suns are starting to you know, still feel you know, very good with CP3 and his injury. So they're still up there you know, as a, probably the, you know, one of the best teams in the West. Yeah, like I said, short term, they're doing well without Chris Paul, but whatever the injury that he has is, is mysterious to me. When will he return? We don't know, but they, they need him uh, uh, They need him at some point this year, and if they don't get him, uh, the, their playoff run uh, uh, is, it will probably be short-lived. You saw what happened last year, and it didn't turn out well, so they need Chris Paul in the long run here to get healthy. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we'll see if they can uh, sustain it. Uh, Memphis beats Detroit 122-112. John Morant led the way with 33 for the Grizzlies. So this is sort of like I saw a little bit of this game uh, via this computer here. And, yeah, I mean, like you got to think that it, look, the Men Memphis is still looking good. You know, they're they're kind of one of the fun teams to watch. You know, they're 14-9. <laughs> and nine. Uh, But, yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I feel like the Grizzlies are kind of like one of those teams where well, we'll see if they can kind of be that team that kind of can challenge the Warriors and the Suns and the Clippers in them. They need John Morant to stay healthy. Remember, I think it was around this time last year he was hurting. The Grizzlies mm -hmm. went on their run without them winning 10 of the 11 games or something to that effect. So you need John Morant uh, healthy in the long run. Just like last year, they were flying under the radar. No one was talking about them, and they were uh, constantly winning games. So it looks like this is the same uh, scenario the script is being played out this year uh, like uh, like we said before the season started uh, more eyes on them now because of what happened uh during the playoffs last year they beat the Timberwolves in the playoffs uh they lost to the Golden State Warriors lost John Moran to injury during that series so a little bit more eyes on them this year than it was last year yeah probably just see what what they uh do there of course you know uh, Boston beats Brooklyn by 11, 103, 92. Once again, Jalen Brown leading the way for uh, the Celtics, 34 points, uh, 31 points from KD in a losing effort. But it was really kind of, you know, Boston's defense that kind of, you know, helped propel them in that win, uh, in, yeah, in, the, in that win over the Nets on, on Sunday. 
Yeah, what happened to Kyrie? I did check out a little bit of that game because I was flipping between that and football. But what happened to Kyrie yesterday? He was a no show. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, yeah, we really yeah, couldn't find Kyrie uh, yesterday. But uh, yeah, there's just a. Not a, just an ugly performance. Definitely his uh, his worst performance since uh, coming back. So yeah, that that's a pretty brutal uh, here. You know, one you know, one more game real quick from yesterday's uh, slate. Uh, the Pelicans beat the Den- beat the Nuggets one twenty one one oh six. Jose Alvarado had thirty six points off. Matt Peck's guy from CHO yeah. Chicago. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he loves. Yeah, he loves it. If you guys have seen uh, the the post game, he loves. Uh, Matt loves Alvaro- Jose Alvarado. That's his guy. <laughs> Uh, that's the most points off the bench by any undrafted players. The stars were first tracked in 70 71. It's also the most points off the bench by any uh, Pelicans player in their history, which is, you know, that, that's a pretty big shock there. So, yeah, so they really didn't really do too much. I mean, Zion had 25 points mm-hmm. there, but yeah, it was really like Alvarado's uh, 36 off the bench that, did, that helped propel uh, the Pelicans and then went over the Nuggets. Hopefully, Zion stays healthy. He's, he's starting to put up some big numbers, and hopefully, he can get. Another all-star bid, and this will be, I believe, his second all-star appearance if he's elected mm-hmm. to go this year. So as long as he stays healthy, he gives New Orleans a better chance to win. There'll be a better threat in the Western Conference than a year ago when they just barely snuck in. Of course, he missed the entire year last year. I'm talking about Zion due to injury. So yeah. New Orleans is a better team with him on the floor than without, obviously. <laughs> yeah, health is definitely going to be a conservative for Zion. So hopefully he can keep that that health up. Now, on Saturday, uh, the, the Kings beat the Clippers 123-96. Sabonis had 24. Uh, Brandon Boston Jr. had 18 uh, for the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers, they just really thought that maybe they could kind of get it, keep it going. But look, they're yeah, doing no what Kawhi, they Yeah, no Kawhi, no Paul George. No Paul, you really can't yeah. control people yeah. control injuries you know I, I know they're trying to be careful with both of them but there's so much you can you can control you can't do this thing scared i'm just saying yeah i mean you know, 13 and 11 uh they are for, as of this recording so the clippers you know they're, they're still i know there are some people's pick to win uh to get to win a west and get to the finals but they need they need a uh, pg and Kawhi. i mean they, they can't be mm-hmm. i know they're being delicate with their injuries but you can't be running scared of this especially i know they still got a little bit of time to get better but you really can't do it mm-hmm. at this point in the season okc beat minnesota 135 128 of course this is their first game without uh you know carl anthony town so mm-hmm. you gotta think hopefully the, the t-wolves can kind of keep it going but it's gonna be hard to do so we'll see what happens with that, uh, the Bucks beat the Hornets 105-96. Uh, they did it without that, Giannis. Yeah, so yeah, that was a pretty nice win there. But you really didn't do too much against the the, the Horn the Hornets, so you know you really didn't need mm-hmm. Giannis. You were fine with Giannis. You'll take the game off there. Uh, Dallas. Yeah, and then, uh, I think they're supposed to get Chris Middleton back sometime this week. I believe. Yeah, they are. Well. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I think they're. Yeah, I think they're getting. Uh, Tomorrow, yeah, they think they're getting like like on Wednesday. I think they uh they get uh Middleton back. I thought I saw so I thought Shams uh mm-hmm. tweeted that out over the weekend. So yeah, they really really need him back too. Especially good to have Giannis, you know, taking games off from time to time. Uh, the Mavs beat the uh the Knicks one twenty one one hundred. Going all the way back to Friday, some interesting things happened on Friday. Miami, I'm sure, it's made our girl on Tech are happy. Miami beat uh, <laughs> Boston overtime one twenty six one. 16. Uh, yeah, I saw a little bit of this game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, this was a definitely a much needed win for Miami. They really need this because they're kind of in the mm-hmm. same spot where the Bulls are right now. Yeah, as we said before, Miami st- struggles to score at times on offense. Their identity is defense. They made some key plays down the stretch and they made some key buckets in overtime. And that's why they earned a four point win on the road. Absolutely. So defensive stops late. So they were able to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, did some stops on defense. So that definitely helped 
them as the Heat held on uh, to beat the Sucks as they outscored them 10 to 6 in overtime. Of course, you know, the Lakers, speaking of being the Bucks, the Lakers uh, got a big win against the Bucks. 133, 129. This is sort of like, you know, I was talking about there. I saw, I actually watched this game. So, you know, that was the really, Friday game from ESPN. <laughs> yeah, the first game that ESPN doubleheaded on Friday. Uh, at AD had 44. LeBron kicked in with, kicked in with 28. And, did you see uh, that by the Giannis did on LeBron? Yes, he did. Yeah, he, I'm sure he wasn't very happy with that. I'm sure LeBron was not pleased with that, uh, <laughs> that block. We saw his face after that. Uh, 15 points uh, you know, from uh, Russell off the bench and no turnovers for by neither uh, LeBron nor Westbrook. I think that's the I think that's the first, I think that's like the, the second duo since turnovers became official in 77, 78 to have 10 assists. They each had 10 assists, but no turnovers too in the same game. Don't he, you know, DJ Augustine and Boris Diaw of the 2011 uh, Charlotte, old Charlotte Bobcats. Remember that team, Sid? <laughs> but uh, yeah, a, a big win for the Lakers against the Bucks. Shocking. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, yeah big, who would have thunk it that the Lakers would put out a better effort uh, uh, against Milwaukee? But, you know, the Lakers were beating up on bad teams early in the year. It was nice for them to get a win against a better team on the road. Yeah, and I think if you're uh, the Lakers, I think, you're, I think you kind of you'll, you'll, you'll bounce off that confidence. So mm-hmm. that's, that's probably a good thing there. Like I said, we'll see if they can get it going. Um, Philadelphia and uh, Memphis. Memphis beat Philly 117-109. Uh, John Morant. Had you know twenty eight points leading the way there. Uh, despite Embiid's uh, best efforts, he had thirty five for the Sixers. Yeah, hopefully if you feel Duffy, you need some guys healthy. You need Embiid to stay healthy because you have not only James Harden now. I know he's supposed to make his return. I believe in the next couple of weeks. I know Tyrese Maxey is out, and a couple other guys are out. So Philadelphia, if you just hold down the fourth and and play five hundred ball, you should be fine. Because I know it's Boston and Milwaukee than everybody else in the East, but yeah. uh, I don't think maybe Boston to a lesser extent, Milwaukee, but outside of those two teams, no one's going to really run away with the East. But if you feel a W, you just stay healthy, play 500 ball till some of your key guys get back. You should be okay. Yeah, you really should. Uh say to the East, you know, Brooklyn beat uh, Toronto 114 105. You know, Kyrie had a better effort in this game on Friday. He had 27 mm-hmm. points leading the way there. Also, Houston upset. Uh, uh, the Suns as in at one twenty two, one twenty one. So, yeah, that was a uh, that's interesting. I think I know uh, Phoenix fans were not happy with this result. No, no, Houston's still a young team. They're trying to get some pieces. They're still trying to improve. All right, so let's get into this week's games. You know, some good ones here. You got the you know tonight. You know, on you gotta say that for you for folks who are gonna be listening to this later on. Uh, yeah, tonight, Monday. <laughs> yeah, Clippers and the Hornets at uh, six o'clock. As I continue their road, these coast road trips. Talk about the Clippers, Bucks, and Magic. OKC in Atlanta. That should be a fun one there too. Uh, oh, Trey Young and Nate McMillan having beef. Trey Young, yeah, they are Friday's yeah. game against um mm-hmm. against uh, Denver, which Atlanta ended up winning. But uh, Trey Young's um uh, he wanted to rehab a certain way. Nate McMillan said, "You play or don't play at all." Trey Young said, "I'm taking my ball and going home." So we got to monitor that situation. We'll yeah, see if he the, plays tonight. Time on Mr. Trey Young. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's interesting. That's something to look out for. I heard about that news, and that was sort of like that was kind of uh, old school versus new school. There, hopefully, they'll, they'll be able to figure it yeah. out. Yeah, uh, Boston and uh, Toronto. That should be a fun one at six thirty. Uh, Philadelphia and Houston. You know, that should be interesting. Uh, Miami and Memphis. That should be a fun one at seven o'clock. Phoenix and Dallas. That's a seven o'clock game on NBA TV. And Indiana faces Golden State. I think uh, Golden State, you know, that should be a, a fun one there over in the Bay Area. 
Yeah, it was a Golden State should win that game by 20. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, Tuesday night, we'll have the Lakers and Cavaliers uh, do battle. That's the first game that Tuesday night TNT doubleheader. That's at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And also at 6.30, we'll have Detroit visiting Miami to play the Heat. And at 9 o'clock, the second half of that Tuesday night TNT doubleheader, we'll see the Davis and Mavericks traveling to Denver to take on the Nuggets. And on Wednesday, you got the Clippers and Orlando. No, they're no, they're doing this whole back-to-back thing still. I don't know why. No, I'm not <laughs> repeating myself. Uh, Charlotte and Brooklyn, that should be an interesting one there at 630. The first game of the ESPN Wednesday doubleheader, you got Atlanta and the Knicks. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we see Trey Young versus uh, Julius Randle. They've had some uh, good games in the last <laughs> couple of years. Uh, Lakers continue their uh, road trip as they face the Raptors at 630. Of course, you know, Bulls host the Wizards. Hopefully they can get it, you know, get it together. Uh OKC meets Memphis at seven and uh the Kings and the Bucks at seven. And rounding out that Wednesday schedule at seven o'clock, Chicago time we'll have Indiana and Minnesota. Also at seven o'clock, Detroit will take on the New Orleans Pelicans down in the bayou. At eight mm-hmm. o'clock, the Warriors will play the Jazz. They saw those two. Teams are always interesting when they when those two teams mm-hmm. get together. In the second half, then Wednesday night, ESPN doubleheader at nine o'clock. We'll have the Boston Celtics visiting the Phoenix Suns in the Valley of the Sun. NBA fa- Finals preview, perhaps we'll see. Maybe, maybe next week. Next, week, next spring, we'll see. Uh, Thursday, couple NBA TV games. You know, in, you know, in between Houston and uh, San Antonio, you got the Clippers and the Heat. That's the first game that NBA TV doubleheader at six thirty. And you got Denver and Portland, you know, the second half of the NBA TV doubleheader. So that should be a that should be an interesting one. And then rounding out that Thursday night schedule, we'll have the Houston Rockets taking on the San Antonio Spurs from San Antonio at 7:30. So that's your schedule for the National Basketball Association for this upcoming week. What's up, Brandon? Our buddy Brandon Brandon Schultz. Uh, what's up, Brandon? Yeah, we're doing good. When the Rockets playing, the Rockets actually are. We just we just mentioned the Rockets, so uh, you came at a, at a, at the right time. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you, Brandon. But uh, yeah, so we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to talk some uh, college football, uh, some little shakeup. You know, I have my uh, beef with some of the, the rankings. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, some big baseball news, too. A couple of uh, uh, big signings. And also, of course, uh, old school TV Monday. I know I'm, I'm sure Sid's got a good one uh, uh, this week. So Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, still got a lot to do today. The last. Last half hour of Second City Sports on SportsZone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? 
I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color for a Monday edition. This is our last segment of the show for today. We have less than 25 minutes left. Uh, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita McGee on the IG. you have any questions or comments uh, left for us for our show, for today, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. A whole lot of stuff, but not a whole lot of time. Lakina, let's get into it. Let's review championship Saturday uh, from the world of college football. We'll start with last Friday night's uh, Pac-12 championship game as the college football playoff field was shaken up a bit as the number 11 Utah U's. They defeated the number four ranked team in the country, the USC Trojans. 47 to 24 in Las Vegas. Caleb Williams, who injured his hamstring later on in that game, he was 28 for 41 for 363 yards and three touchdowns. Lakina, uh, the 17 3 lead uh, was crucial for USC to start off that game, but I think the turnaround happened in that game when they went forward on fourth down. They had a penalty called on them. Utah took advantage of that. They scored two touchdowns to tie the game at halftime, and then they really took over in the second half. USC could not run the ball as they only scored seven points uh, total in that second half. Utah scored 23 unanswered points in that fourth quarter to come out on top. Utah really deserved that victory. They were more active defensively, especially after uh, being down 17-3. to 
He had one job, USC. You won. You could have gotten a spot that in the, uh, the in the playoff. You had one job. That's mm-hmm. all I'm gonna say about that. Yo, sixteen. They were sixty-four and five in the last ten seasons. We'll lead by 14 points or more for those five losses I've been against Utah. So Utah has had their number in recent years. I mean, look, I'll give Utah all the credit, but you can tell that once uh, Caleb Williams got hurt, you know, ankle, mm-hmm. hamstring, hamstring, ankle, whatever it was, you can tell that he wasn't the same after that. The defense wasn't helping yet. Yeah, you're going to have to start actually, uh, you know, recruit defensive guys are uh, Lincoln Riley. You're going to have, especially going to be going to the Big Ten next year. Just saying. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's sort of one 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 of those things where you're you're kind of like, okay, yeah, you give Utah all the credit, but you USC, you 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 crap the bed. There's no other <laughs> way, uh, no other way to go about it. Uh, Kansas State um, wins their um, I believe their second Big Twelve championship. They that was a very exciting to- game to watch. I watched that whole entire thing. I was entertained from the word go. I told you, Lakina, that we got off the air here on Friday. I was expecting some chaos. In terms of the BCS, uh, no, not the BCS, good grief, uh, the college football playoff. Uh, I, I wanted TCU to lose, but they did. But something else happened that I didn't expect to happen. We'll get into that in just a moment. But getting back to this game, uh, it was a hard, uh, hard fall game by both teams. Kansas State went up first, then TCU came back. It was a, your classic battle back and forth game. Uh, you can feel the energy in the crowd in there uh, outside of Dallas, Texas, and, and in Jerry's world. But uh, that fourth down playing overtime, forgot who my man was. I think it was Huggins, number 92 for Kansas State. He stopped uh, mm-hmm. the, the running back from TCU in overtime from, on fourth and goal. And then Kansas State went down and, and kicked the game-winning field goal. Uh, you thought that this would be uh, the same uh, scenario in the sense that remember these two teams met up a couple weeks ago. Kansas State had a big lead and blew it. You thought that same scenario was going to happen again. Uh, TCU, Max Duggan, he, he played the heck of a game. He took a couple of shots, but he hung in there and led TCU to that game tying drive, which forced overtime. But uh, K State learned their lesson and got away with the victory in overtime at the end. Yeah, I mean, you thought that once they saw there, because they were up big, you know, early on. And, you know, I don't know if uh, K State, you know, forgot how to play defense. I mean, look, it, look that's, much, that's, that's not as much as much Duggan as his will as it was with uh, Kansas State, forgot how to tackle now to their credit. Though they did make some big defensive stops. I don't know why they didn't just have Duggan sneak it in, but, you know, mm-hmm. you know that, that, that's exciting. Dykes was trying to be. You know, try you know you're not using logic, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, K State wins their, uh, I believe this is their second uh, Big Twelve uh, championship, and TCU should be number four in the playoffs. But you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just not a, yeah, just not a good showing uh, by uh, TCU. And uh, I warned y'all about TCU, but uh, okay, so yeah, like yeah. I warned y'all about a lot of other things, but uh, it is what <laughs> it is. There now, uh, go and see uh, American. Yeah, no, r- real quick, Lakina. Shouts out to Deuce Vaughn, the running back from from the mm-hmm. uh, Kansas State Wildcats. He had yes. twenty six carries, one hundred thirty yards, and a touchdown. He was really the MVP of that game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he, he was a very uh, he was the MVP of that game. Yeah, he was, and he, as, as he should have been. I mean, he was. Look, mm-hmm. he was the reason why though that that uh, K State went ahead in their first meeting. I'm talking about their meeting with TCU. They yeah. stopped running mm-hmm. the ball with with him that first meeting. That's why TCU was able to uh, you know come back, but. You know, that's another uh that's another uh discussion for another time. But Tulane was their first uh conference championship in football, I should say. They uh, avenged the early uh season loss to UCF, being their 45-28 in the American Championship. Uh Michael Pratt had four touchdown passes, 
394 yards. You know, Tajay Spears, if you haven't heard much about him, you know, you should. 199 yards and a touchdown. It was really their run game. And look, two you two, and we go into the New Year's Six Bowl game. So, you know, you're uh, congratulations happy, uh, to them. Yeah, congratulations to Green Wave and that program. So, uh, yeah, definitely a boost up, especially after having the last decade with them. Yeah, the school of former Chicago Bear running back Matt Forte. So I know he's very proud right now. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the ACC championship game, the Clemson Tigers destroyed North Carolina 39 to 10. Uh, for Clemson, their standout player, Mr. Cole Turner, he had three catches for 101 yards. Lakina Clemson dominated the first half uh, 24 to 10 and then just cruised away in the second half, scoring 15 unanswered points. Yeah, uh, Kate Kubnick, you know, Kubnick, I should say, had 279 pass yards and a touchdown. He was actually brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Dabba was you know using different uh, different quarterbacks. I'm sure a lot of Clemson fans are probably kicking themselves because they feel that you know wonder what would have happened had he had been the starter instead of DJ Ugalalie, who is now in the mm-hmm. transfer portal among you know, among many others. We'll get we, there's too many names to count on that one, but uh, yeah, it's there. I think this is what their eighth. Yeah, they're yeah Dabo's uh, eighth. Uh, Conference championship with the in the ACC. He's just you know second mm-hmm. behind uh, Nick Saban, and of course he passed Bob Seuss. He's now in second place by himself. So they're going to be playing uh, Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. That's a lot of orange. So you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, finishing strong there. Clemson. Just imagine if they had not lost to South Carolina. I mean, they'd probably be up there in the playoff. But you yep. know. Uh, to Indianapolis, Indiana, where at Lucas Oil Stadium, where the twenty. 20- 22 Big Ten championship game took place in those number two Michigan. The Wolverines uh, dominated the Purdue Boilermakers 43 to 22. Aiden O'Connell for Purdue 32 of 47, 366 yards and two picks. Uh, for Michigan, Blake Corm. Who's Blake Corm? He's an injured running back, and who replaced him was Donovan Edwards, who had a big game last week at Ohio State at the Horseshoe. He had another big game. For the Wolverines, 25 carries, 185 yards in the score. And for Purdue, Mr. Charlie Jones, 13 catches for 162 yards. Lakina, I did check out some of this game. Uh, Purdue had their chances to get back into the game, but Michigan's defense, which we argued it wasn't as strong this year as it was last year, but they made some key plays down the stretch and really pulled away in that fourth quarter. They held Purdue to only nine total points in that second half. Yeah, uh, like I said, that defense, you know, that defense is second half defense. So uh, they've been able to mm-hmm. you know, dominate and whatnot. So, of course, you know, you know, Donovan Edwards, you know, like you said, you know, had almost 200 uh, rushing yards and a touchdown. Of course, you know, JJ McCarthy had two for three touchdowns. It was really their defense that kind of slowed them down. And now they're 13 0, first time winning back to back, and I think like in forever for Michigan. Also, is their first time winning 13 games in school history. So that was a huge mm-hmm. uh, for them. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, and of course the whispers, the whispers from the NFL is now you know getting loud again, you know with uh, Harbaugh. So you know, <laughs> I, I don't know why they did it. I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know. Ian Rapport said, "Well, they don't. Oh, the NFL teams don't believe it." But look, the, the man said he wasn't going anywhere. So like, okay, y'all, okay, fine, y'all want to look stupid, okay, that's. It. But uh, okay, yeah, congrats to Michigan. You know, they go to the playoff. Also, too, of course, number one going to the playoff is Georgia. Mm-hmm. They beat LSU 50 to 30. It was, I know it was, you know, there's a score, it makes it a little weird, but Georgia really, you know, did kind of dominate this game at times. Yes, LSU had their shots to kind of, you know, keep it close, but just when you thought that they, they did, you know, Georgia has a big play. Sesson Bennett had four touchdown passes. You know, Kenny McIntosh had two rushing touchdowns for them. It was really their defense that kind of, you know, yeah, they gave us some big plays early, but they were able to make the plays when they needed to. So the Bulldogs, you know, were able to win their uh, second uh, SC championship in, I think, like six years. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't turn to this game. I just saw the highlights looking as we said on Friday with our guy, Sean Davis from the Lucky Lefty podcast. Uh, this game really did meaning to Georgia. You thought that LSU will put up a bigger fight, but they just don't have the talent next to Georgia right now. So and Georgia outscored LSU 21-3 in that second quarter to basically put that game away. So you hope for LSU, this will you start use this game as a as a temple to uh, have your building stone, uh, build your uh, recruiting for next year. Yeah. Says we know we got Oklahoma and Texas coming in the SEC in a couple of years, which competition is going to get tougher. If you're Brian Kelly, uh, Georgia is the parameter and we got to get better talent in here. If we're going to uh, match up and beat Georgia. So Absolutely. yes, it, it looked, the score looked ugly on paper, but uh, we still have a long way to go. Absolutely. So, uh, of course, uh, the, the bowl matches are, are set. There's like 40 of them, so we're not going to go through all of them. But you said we saw a couple weeks before. We might talk about some that are coming up. But really, sort of mm -hmm. like the big, the big ones here. You got, of course, number one, Georgia will be facing Ohio State, who gets in thanks to USC losing. Mm -hmm. um, they 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 take you know they take you know Georgia and Ohio State will face each other in the Peach Bowl, and number two Michigan will will face TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. They Georgia becomes the fourth different you know team to earn the number one seed in the college football playoff. I've got some bones to pick here. I'll keep it short. TCU should have been four. I I don't I don't people want to play the card of well they forced overtime. No, they lost. And exactly. I know Ohio. I know Ohio State. Well, Ohio State didn't play in their conference championship. Oh, oh, look. They're lost again. Look, 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 look at who the loss was. It was against Michigan. Uh, Case, you know, they lost, you know, TC lost to K State, a three loss K State team, mind you. And you probably could have lost easy loss to the first time. You wouldn't even be in the conversation. So I don't want to hear people say, oh, well, TC deserved to be in the, the third. No, they shouldn't have. So, and look, the fact that Alabama is right ahead of uh, Tennessee when they beat Tennessee. I got a bone to pick there, but again, that's a that's a, another diff, different conversation for another time. But <laughs> It, it just—they got the teams right for the seeds. They got the seedings wrong. And for those of you that want to yell, Alabama, uh, no way they lost, especially early in the year to uh, to Tennessee, and they and they lost again late. So uh, no to Alabama. Uh, and like you said, Tennessee—they had their shot, but they got dominated by Georgia. They didn't show up. So yeah, like I said, I'm with you. They they got the teams right. I thought TCU was going to be out, but. Uh, like I said, the seating, I, I kind of question that as well. But uh, you still, I think you're still going to have some good games on New Year's Eve. Yeah, those games will be on New Year's Eve. Hope we'll have somebody on to help preview these games because, mm -hmm. yeah, some definitely this should definitely be interesting. I, I, I would take the over on both uh, ends, but you know that that's just me. But you know, <laughs> uh, but if you're wondering, if you guys wonder where Illinois is, we're not going to go. Like I said, we're not going to go through all of them because mm -hmm. you know they're like, like I said, there are 40 of these. But you know, Wisconsin will be facing Oklahoma State. In a guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix at Chase Field. Uh, let me see. Like, I, oh, Arkansas versus Kansas in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Because <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I, I guess, because Kansas won, was supposed to play Missouri. Apparently, Case they didn't want to play Missouri. Oh, no, Mizzou didn't want to play Missouri in the uh, Liberty Bowl. Mike, Mike Berman, come on now. Are y'all running away from kids? <laughs> come on now. That's so wrong. Uh, Syracuse, I guess your Minnesota Golden Gophers said in the Pinstripe Bowl, the bad boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, that'll be on Thursday, at, uh, December 29th, I should say. Liberty Bowl will be on uh, the 28th of December. Uh, Oklahoma and Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl that same night. And Texas and Washington, that should be a fun one in the Valero uh, Alamo Bowl. Yeah, that should be a high-scoring game uh, as well. I think December 30th, Illinois will face Mississippi State. That should be an interesting one. Yeah, I 
Yes, it should. Hold on, let me see. Let me see if I get that thing right. Yeah, it, uh, January second. That's the uh, that's the reliable. Oh, January festival. second. I'm sorry, not December third. Third. Yeah, sorry, January second. I stand corrected. Yeah, so I'll definitely be home to be watching that one. So <laughs> that, that that's gonna be interesting. I know Mississippi State. They kind of had a bounce back here. So so did Illinois. Illinois, even though they lost three or four to finish out mm -hmm. their season, they they didn't have a great year. They had a good year, not a great year, but a good year. If Illinois would have won at least two of those three games that on that three game losing streak, yeah. they probably would be playing in the New Year's Six Bowl like Penn mm -hmm. State's going to. I think they'll face Utah in the Rose in Bowl. The Rose this Bowl, year. yep. I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I don't know if you're going to get a classic like you did between Ohio State and I believe Oregon last year. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But uh, in, in last year's Rose Bowl, but Penn State and Utah should be a good one this year. Uh, yeah, this should be a fun one. Uh, of course, you know, Penn State will be off, so that I'm sure you know, James Frank will have his guys ready. I think mm -hmm. they can give Utah a, a game. I, I think that that's going to be kind of probably one of the more competitive games, bowl games, I, I should say. The Gator Bowl uh, should be a fun one. I got to find out. Let me see where it is. It's on the 30th, your fr December 30th, which is on a Friday. You got Notre Dame in South Carolina and Jacksonville. That should be a fun one. Of course, Shane Beamer and his guys, you know, they, they came out, you know, swinging. You know, beating the next year, those that, that the last year, including against Clemson, so that should be a fun one. Mm -hmm. Marcus Freeman, uh, you know, leaning hit uh, uh, Notre Dame to a Gator Bowl. I know, uh, I know our buddy Sean Davis, and of course, uh, also to um, I believe Zaire will probably try to make a way to sort of get down there for that game. So, but that should be a fun one, yeah. That should be a fun one, also. To uh, let's see, Northwestern didn't get in this year. Like I said, Illinois, like I mentioned, they'll play Mississippi State on January 2nd. That was another matchup. I know you had the matchups in front of you, Lakina. I don't, but it was another matchup that I was looking forward to. I think it was on January 2nd, it was an early game. Uh, but that's like even though most of those games it, are not on quote unquote oh, broadcast, the, um, the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, I'm looking LSU, forward to that one a little bit. LSU little. and Purdue, that'll be it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that'll yep. be on January 2nd. Yep. Yeah, I'll say Caden O'Donnell, especially coming off of that bad performance in the Big Ten title game, he could redeem himself. I think LSU could be had. Yeah, that should I'm be it. I'm just saying. That's yeah. my rough draft pick for right now. I'm not <laughs> making that official just yet. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'll say, yeah, you still got some, you still got about a couple more weeks for demand to make your picks yeah. for some of these bowl games. At all, also, sure, we'll get Alabama and K State. That should be an interesting one there. We'll see how up uh, Alabama will be for this game. You consider that they thought they had an outside shot to get into the, uh, the, the playoff. Mm -hmm. Also, on January 2nd, it should be a good one. You got the Cotton Bowl Classic between USC and Tulane. Yeah, I think Tulane will probably have a home field advance. It's, you know, well, not not necessarily a whole field advantage, but you got you know it'll be at, at Jerry's role at uh, AT and T Stadium in Arlington. That should be a fun one. We'll see how uh yeah we'll see how the uh, how USC is you know, geared up for this game. Hopefully uh you know Caleb Williams will be a little you know will feel real pretty mm -hmm. good you know after that the hamstring he'll have a little bit of time to heal up. But is he eligible for the NFL draft this year or is that next year? I think I think it's next year. I believe. Okay. Because so, yeah, I was getting ready to say, if he was eligible this year, I would sit this out. But since it's next year, he uh, he should try to play if he's healthy enough to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to be eligible to play next year. I think, or he might he might be a redshirt sophomore, so he might he could be eligible if he wants. But I think he said he wants to stay at USC to perhaps try to win a championship. Because okay. let's be honest, USC <laughs> overachieved this year. No one really yeah. thought they would make the Pac-12 championship game. So you know they should be back next year. They'll have some guys on def that can play defense. And they're gonna have a lot of JUCO guys coming in there. Like, there's like a plethora of them down there over there in uh in California. So they should be uh yeah, and especially going to the Big Ten next year. Yes, you're right. You got you got to uh recruit some defensive guys. Just saying. Uh, yeah. Of course, we talked about Utah and uh, Penn State. That's gonna also be the Rose Bowl. Like of course we talked about it earlier. 
that should be an interesting one there. You got Iowa and Kentucky in the Music City Bowl on the, you know December 31st. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Maryland and NC State in the Mayo, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I hope no one gets dumped by Mayo. Another one of the coaches. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that, that shame we were getting dumped by uh, by Mayo last year wasn't that for me. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the 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 Peach Bowl? And I know they had the Peach Bowl, but what happened to the PlayStation Bowl? You sit, now you had the Jimmy Kill. Kimmel LA Bowl. What the hell is up with that? Shout out to Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Well, can we get the Arsenio Hall Ball? Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Like, that was a little bit weird. I was, yeah, I was, I was surprised that he didn't have one back in the day. The old right, right. Bowl. The, uh, the Holiday Bowl will be Oregon, North Carolina. That should be a fun one uh, there. Uh, let me see. Let me let's see who's playing at the, at the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Let me look that up real quick. Uh, as we're gonna be, uh, you know, we'll, so we'll, we'll we'll have more. By the way, we'll talk more about we'll preview the college uh, football these uh, bowl games coming up. You know, of course, you get out a few more weeks. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, San Diego State, the Hawaii Bowl. It's always fun when you know guys get to go to Hawaii. That's that's always a fun one. Uh, Baylor and uh, Air Force and the Armed Forces Bowl. Let me see that Jimmy Kimmel Bowl if I can find that real quick. As yeah, we, the uh, LA Bowl. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the second case. Uh, Washington State and Fresno State. Okay. And that Jimmy Kim well, LA uh Jimmy Kim LA LA Bulls uh, presented by Stifle. So uh that'll be on the 17th of December. So hope uh, those hope those schools will get a free trip uh, taping up his show at least. Yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so as part of the uh, the, uh, <laughs> those, uh prize packages, yeah, cuz some of those prize, pack prize packages are actually pretty cool. So you get PlayStations, you get iPhones, you get iPads, you know, I you know, pros and such. So yeah, you you get yeah, you get a nice little swag bag mm -hmm. there. So uh yeah, so uh, yeah, those are the bowl. Like I said, we'll, we'll preview some of the bowl games. You have to get closer and closer. Of course, we'll try to get somebody mm -hmm. on the, uh, the preview of the college football playoff bowl, playoff games. So yeah, it should be a fun uh, bowl season nonetheless. Do it the second season sports on Sports Show Chicago with Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Uh, one coaching, big coaching news go you know, off the uh, off the field. Uh, Deion Sanders has left uh, Jackson State to go to Colorado. Now, Sid, I wonder what you think about this real quick. Yeah, several show I wanted him to say at Jackson State. We, we talked about this early in the year. Uh, he wants to be respected and he wants to uh, build his platform on a, a bigger program, and, and which that's within his right. Of course, he he wants to be uh, paid respectfully. I know he has all the money in the world from endorsements and from his play days in the NFL, but I think Colorado's a good spot for him, uh, even though it's going to be in a quote unquote new Pac 12 conference. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to do well in Colorado. He was talking to some of the players over the last few weeks, and he already has some of those players on board for next season. And this is how uh, business is done for college football right now. I know he was excited yesterday during his press conference. I definitely will be watching him um, in Colorado next year. I know Colorado has been on hard times for the last several years. And it wasn't like it was back when we were growing up. Lakeen with Cordell Stewart made a name of himself, especially in that game against Mich Michigan legendary uh Hail Mary passing in, in, at the big house back in the day. But, yeah, Carl Riles has been on some hard times. And Deion Sanders, he's going to bring some attention to that program. But uh, eventually you're going to have to start uh, winning some games. And I think he'll eventually do that. But the the blueprint that he left at Jackson State, hopefully another former player, another former coach that has is relevant, can keep up with that playbook and help keep those keep the HBCU and all HBCU football programs up on the, up on that level. Well, they didn't have the resources either. I know people want mm -hmm. to say, well, why? Well, he should have stayed at, uh, at Jackson State. There's always going to be a stepping stone job for him. And mm -hmm. like, I know that you know, some people say, you know, he should have stayed for the culture look. 
Colorado's got the resources. They have a rich history. Yes, they haven't been. Yes, they have been great. You know, in the recent in life, like ten years. But they were competing for the national championships. They won a national championship back in the early '90s. So, and they were competing. They had you know top recruits and such. So, it, it, it's not you know, look, it's not like they have not won anything. So, look, you know, they've got the facilities and such. So, look, I think look, he did what he wanted. He got you know more eyes to HBCUs. You know, he got you know folks to take HBCUs seriously. So. Mm-hmm. You know, look, he did what he needed to do. And look, we'll see if you know some of those guys go with him. I know a lot of those guys in college, I know there was a clip of him and I know people were freaking out about it. But look, I mean, that's actually more than what he said. I mean, he's actually said some nice things about uh, the program. Look, look, guys, you want to come in, come in. And a lot of those players have bought in. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are going to be some guys that are going to transfer, but that's how it usually is when new regimes take mm-hmm. over. But I think most of them will stay. And like I said, it should be interesting. The Pac-12 next year with USC, UCLA, you know, finish up their run the Pac-12. Now you got Dion, you know, coaching the Pac-12 now. So it should be interesting nonetheless. Yes, and the, 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 all those talented players that he got uh, to commit to Jackson State, he'll get even better talent to commit to Colorado. Remember, he knows most of these kids because he ran those camps for all mm-hmm. those years when he was doing NFL networking before he got into coaching. And he still know, you know, you know people that know people that uh, – that, uh, that have new kids coming in. So recruiting is not going to be a problem for him. Should be interesting to see what happens there. Now, uh, real quick, Sid, as we wrap things up before we go to old school TV Monday, some baseball news. And this you know, came across the wire. I know you're not going to be very happy with this, Sid. Uh, Trey Turner, who both the White House and the Cubs have been vying for, has agreed to an 11-year, $300 million deal with uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. So uh, mm. the Phillies, you know, get a little bit deeper in the shortstop and uh, all-star shortstop. I know he didn't have a good a good showing uh, the last year, but he is a very productive, uh, uh, you know, uh, hitter. So, you know, him and Bryce Harper, that might be. I didn't think, uh, yeah, I didn't think they were going to get that, that big of a contract, but congratulations to him. I know Bryce Harper is going to miss the first half of next year because of the elbow injury, but uh, Philadelphia has, has deep pockets paying uh, those two guys over $700 million combined. Good grief. <laughs> they got deep pockets down there, apparently. But, yes. uh, yeah. Also, too, uh, now three-time Cy Young Warner winner Justin Verlander has agreed to a three-year deal with the New York Mets. Didn't really, I didn't see that. It was two-year. Two, oh, two, well, two, well, the, the, well, third year is an option. So. Option, okay. The third year is an option. So, yeah, I saw that. Make sure I saw the cross rise. Yeah, the, second, the, the third year is an option year. So, what do you think about that? I mean, wow. I uh, Yeah, yeah. I know he's 40 league. years old. I know he has he still thinks he has a lot left. Of course, he won his Cy Young Award uh, this past season with the Houston Astros as they helped. Yeah, he helped them uh, win their World Series for the first time since 2017. I know the Dodgers were looking at him for a little bit. But uh, uh, this is a good signing for the New York Mets, considering they lost Jacob DeGrom, who signed with the Texas Rangers for five years. So mm-hmm. I know their manager is Bruce Bochy down there. So he's trying to fill the competitive team down there. But for the Mets, this is a good signing and due to the fact that uh, they lost Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, how do you think about the, the, the DeGrom? So I think he had like $160 million or something like that, you know, no trade. Yeah. and. You know, yeah, that 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 that's crazy. So I guess the Rangers they got deep pockets, and you know, mm-hmm. we'll see if they it, contend. We'll see if they contend mm-hmm. next year. They 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 could contend for a wild card spot. I mean, they got a lot of young players, so we'll yeah, see. they got Marcus Simeon last year. I know he did all right, but but now that you have Bruce Bochy as your new manager, you still have some young guys still coming up, and uh, the it, these could be interesting for Texas, but I need to see more from them. Because you still in the, uh, I know Oakland's rebuilding, but you still have Houston there. You still don't forget about Seattle now, right. even Seattle, though they got oh, yeah. on the wild card round. They're still going. They still have some young guys there. 
uh, hanging around for a while. So it's not going to be easy for Texas. They got a lot of money to spend too. So yeah, I'm talking about. So yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see if they can make some big plays, make big moves uh, as we get to hopefully uh, either one of our Chicago teams to make some big moves too. So we'll just see what happens there. Okay, Sid, uh, real quick, old school TV Monday. What is this week? Uh, let's head up to the state of Minnesota and salute the ABC TV comedy series Coach. Uh, it was American, yeah, it was an American sitcom television series that aired for nine seasons on ABC from February 28, 1989 to May 14, 1997, with a total of 200 half hour episodes. The series starred Craig T. Nelson, and he did this after the movie Ashton Jackson back in the day. For those of you old mm-hmm. schools our age and older, as Hayden mm-hmm. Fox, head coach of the fictional NCAA Division I A Minnesota State University Screaming Eagles football team. For the last two seasons, Coach Fox and his supporting characters coached the Orlando Breggers, a fictional mm-hmm. National Football League expansion team. The program also starred Jerry Van Dyke as Luther Van Dam and Bill Frankerback as Michael Duber Dubinsky, assistant coaches under Fox. The role of Hayden's girlfriend and later wife, Christine Alsar, a television news anchor, was played by Shelley Fabers. Real quickly, Kina, some of the guest stars that appeared on that program. Uh, we won't go through all of them, but it was Keyshawn so, Johnson. Too many, yeah, too many yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was Keyshawn Johnson, Troy Eggman, the late great George Allen. Also, too, you had Pam Stone, Rob Schneider. Uh, you had Al Michaels, Lucy Liu, before she really broke out as a huge star. Yeah. Lisa Kudrow as well. Jerry mm-hmm. Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Did Buggins, a Chicago connection there. Drew Carey before he got his old yep. TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Conway, Mike Dicka, Vlade Divox. And also you had Chris B. Duncan. If you don't know that name, remember the Jamie Foxx show, Broham? Mm-hmm. He did that role before he got the Jamie Foxx show in the late 90s on the WB. And also, too, you had Mike Farrell. And also, too, you had A.D. George, Frank Gifford, Kathy Lee Gifford, and Bob Greasy, and Mary Hart, to name a few as the many uh, guest stars on that show. Lakina, I started mm-hmm. watching that show in reruns in the late 90s. I think they're on the power station, WPWR. TV here in Chicago for a few years, so I started catching it up there. I remember they were on ABC, but I didn't watch it when they were airing the new episodes on ABC. My late mother did, but I started catching up on those shows via the reruns. But it was a pretty, very interesting show. And I'll say Craig T. Nelson went from a serious actor to a, a comedic actor, and I thought he did the transition very well, just like Patrick W. did from Dallas to Step by Step during that same time for ABC. Yeah, we'll do step by step at some point. Those cool TV mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, real quick. I mean, like when I saw that he was going to be playing a football coach, I'm like, yeah, the sitcom. I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never seen him do a lot of comedy, but look, he did just that. I mean, it was you know cool. You know, this kind of gave you like behind the scenes of what a college football coach is. You know, in some mm-hmm. form. You know, of course, you know, yeah, they dealt with they dealt with you know steroids and some of the various issues, but they kept it funny. They kept it light. Luther, you know, Jerry Van Dyke, you know, you know, Laura rest his soul was such yes. a you know. Kind of like you know, like the cool, you know, cute, you know, friend that you know was not the smartest, but he had a heart of gold and such. You know, Bill Fergerbake, who you know, who I thought was you know was hilarious as Dauber. I mean, again, you know, not the smartest guy, but you know, again, he had like he was such a big lug and such. You know, Claire Carey, don't forget she, you know, she played uh Hayden's daughter Kelly. So yeah, you know that you know she was sort of like the other thing there, and also too, you know. You got to also a little bit of his relationship with Christine. You know, they, they were, I think, I know Christine, you know, they were, she was promoted to go to like a big city for like a network spot at one point. They broke mm-hmm. up for a little bit. So, you know, I, I actually watched it on Wednesdays when it came on. Like, I thought it was, you know, a cool, funny concept because you really didn't see that too much. You really did. That, they're actually one of the first shows to kind of go behind the scenes about sports and such. 
So uh, that that definitely kind of helped there. Like, you mentioned all those, you know, well, at least some of the guest stars that appeared on yeah. that show. Of course, Catherine Hellman, of course, you know, came on the last couple of seasons as the owner of that uh, that semi-pro uh, team that uh, Hayden and the guys uh, coach after leaving uh, Minnesota State. Yeah, it was. It, it kind of. It was. It wasn't one of those shows that kind of. It just got old. I, I feel like you know it, it, it aired for like seven seasons, so it, it really wasn't you know nothing you know too you know it was like nothing. It just it just got old. It was one of those regular shows that got old. It was like a show mm-hmm. where we're like oh I was so bored. It kind of lost its lust a little bit after, especially after Christine and uh, Hayden got married. Then yeah. uh, you know, of course you know Chris, you know uh, Hayden and them end up going you know coaching them to the pros. It kind of lost a little bit of that you know fun luster, so they now they had to deal with you know pro problems and such. So that kind of you know eight years. Look, it was a great run. I know it's streaming like on Pluto TV somewhere. Yeah, it's on Roku one, TV. Roku, I think Roku TV. As of last ironic. year, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, how ironic, but uh, yeah, Roku television. So it is streaming. I you know there some of the episodes are also on YouTube as well. At least some of them, not all of them, but. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was a great. It was a great. It was a great show for what it was, and uh, I believe uh, I, I think uh, Craig Craig he got nominated for a couple of Emmys uh, at one point during the early uh, runs of the show. Yeah, he got actually. He according to Wikipedia, he won the Primetime Emmy, Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in the Comedy Series, and then again in 1996, Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actor in the Comedy Series. Those uh, Craig Nelson won the award in '92. And uh, Tim Conway won for guest actor in the comedy actor, series yeah. in '96. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a funny episode that he did. So if you guys go check that out with uh, that one with uh, mm-hmm. Tim, I think he played. Did he play Christine's father? Right, think if I'm not mistaken, if I might, I might be uh, mistaken about that. But uh, yeah, that, that was a very funny episode where he appeared in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I think he showed that he could do, do comedy. Like you, you saw the plethora mm-hmm. of, of folks, and I think it aired like right before the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, too, when ABC had the Super Bowl. Uh, couple years later if i'm not mistaken I think you might be right those, yeah it was one of those super bowls that i think coach aired before a new episode before that i might i might be wrong about that but uh yeah but look it was, it was a great show for what it was look i mean it, it kind of i know he still likes still you know he'll if you ask him about it now you know kind of about crazy nelson if you ask him about it now he'll he'll say nothing but great things about that show so it was look, like i said it was a great show a, a very underrated show i feel like yes yeah, so we salute the old school TV series sitcom AB from ABC Coach. All right, Lakina, take us home. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's gonna be on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sidney Bryant on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80 SIDKIDA0 SIDKIDA0. Make sure you download that Sports of Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow on all socials. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And make sure you catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. Uh, you can catch us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, enjoy all the games, everybody. I know uh, USA lost to uh, the Netherlands in the World Cup. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that, folks. But, yeah, look, I mean, a great show by the United States. So, uh, yeah, look, you know, it is what it is with that. You know, face a very tough team. But, yeah, the World, the World Cup continues uh, later on today. And I know uh, Brazil is just hammering a career right now. And I know Croatia uh, beat Japan in PK. So, you know the the, the quarterfinal the the, the the knockout stage continues um 
throughout the rest of the day. I think the quarterfinals are, I believe, this weekend. So make sure you guys check that out. You know, the U.S. isn't in it anymore. But look, yo, you got NBA, you got NFL, you know, coming up on Thursday. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it, yo, coming up. And we'll be right here with you. First said, I'm McKeon. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. You're not going to be vaccinated. Wash your hands, you know, because the flu's out there, folks. So make sure you guys wash your hands. Yep. <laughs> and be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. And we'll see you Friday. Doubles. Holla.